This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With the 49ers web zone, this is the No Huddle Podcast with Al Zane and Brian. Last part of the show is sort of big picture now where they are. Yeah. So right now in the NFC, I think we kind of thought, or at least I, I definitely kind of thought, listen, nine wins is going to get you in, right? The NFC right. stinks. Nine will get you in. I was looking at it earlier. I'm not so sure anymore. I want to go through this with you. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll read. Okay. So uh, I'm going to read you all. Uh, everybody's record as of, as of right now. And then sort of some teams, what they have coming up. And I think you might a little, you might kind of be like, oh shit, like maybe yeah. maybe this Rams game is a, little, is a little bigger than we thought. So Philly six and zero, oh, Giants yeah. are six and one, Minnesota's five and one, Dallas five and two, Seattle four and three, Rams three and three, and then the three and four teams are Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Atlanta, Green Bay, Washington, and Arizona. And the teams that are below that, I don't think matter. They're not going to be in the playoff. Sure. You know, your your Bears and your Panthers or Lions not yeah. happening. Philly's in. I mean, I think one way or another, we would say Philly's in the playoffs, right? Yeah, because their schedule is an absolute cakewalk. Okay. Now, the rest of the NFC East is where I get worried. Because people look at the Giants, and I think you're going to say the Giants are 6-1. and one, But what's happening with the Giants is, again, you have a coach who's getting the most out of his talent, who's overachieving. And Man, he's Brandon just finding ways really every week to kind of put up 20 points and win games. It's actually pretty amazing to watch. I hate the Giants. I hate them. Always hated the Giants. But it's kind of cool to see what they're doing. And you say, well, Al, they're six and one. They could end up six and eleven or or whatever. I looked at their schedule. They play Houston, Detroit, and Washington twice still. That's nine. That's probably nine wins. Just just there. So they're probably at this point at six and one, they're probably gonna get to 10 wins. You would think they're gonna get to they're gonna go four and six the rest of the way at, at worst, right? At worst, yeah. So let's say they get 10 wins. All right. So you have Philly's getting 10 and I'm going to say Philly's going to win the division. Giants are getting 10. That's one wild card. Dallas is five and two. Dallas is a really good defense. I would find it hard to believe that Dallas doesn't at least get nine. I would give them 10 and tell me if you think I'm crazy at any point here, but so you have two wild card teams right now. And the Philly win in the division. So you have one wild card team left essentially after all that. So assume yeah. Tampa Bay is going to accidentally win their division this year because somebody's got to win this out <laughs> the way that's going. Yeah. So Tampa both, Bay gets in. On, on both sides, AFC and NFC. Yes. The South so, divisions are hot garbage. Awful, awful. Though. South, yeah. South are terrible in both. Um, the way that the Packers look, I'm going to say the Vikings are going to win the North. Man. Five yeah. One. I don't have any faith in the Vikings, but okay. So that's, that's another playoff team. So now somebody's going to win the NFC West. Okay. Whether it's Seattle, actually any of them could right now. I mean, I don't have any faith in the sure. Cardinals, but one of these teams are going to, is going to win the NFC West. Then you have the Packers lurking at three and four, and the Packers are playing the Bills next week. The Packers are going to be three and five. Yeah, can the Packers get to nine or ten wins? Maybe we'll see. 
But what you're going to have is, so you have Tampa Bay winning the South, I think, the Vikings winning the North, Philly winning the East, and then the Giants and the Dallas getting in. So then you have the winner of the NFC West and one other playoff spot that you mm-hmm. have the Packers going for and those three teams in the NFC West, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. Niners need to win the division, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they can realistically, where I thought nine and eight would get them in easy, they could be at nine and eight on the outside looking in. And if that happens with this roster, Kyle is firmly on the hot seat next year to me. Firmly on the hot seat. He doesn't get it yes. next week. Next year he's gone. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I am with it right now. But doesn't that scare you a little bit when you when you kind of hear that? For sure. And here's the thing, like, here's where I don't understand. The NFL, right? They they cut down, they add an extra game to the to the schedule. Preseason becomes three three games. We talked about this uh, a handful of weeks ago about the the suppression of offense, offense being down across the league for the most part. And we talked about this idea that a lot of teams really kind of are starting to treat the first quarter of the season now as the preseason to, to work out the kinks, iron out the kinks, right? And then kind of hit the ground running for a stretch run. Well, here's the problem with that. You've got teams like the Giants who are six and one. They need to win four of their next games, likely, to make the playoffs. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Four of their next 10. Same with the Vikings are five and one. The Cowboys are five and two, right? So great. You treated the first quarter of the season trying to iron out the kinks and you ended up at three and three or three and four now. And now you're in catch up mode with teams that shouldn't be able to sniff your jock when it comes to roster talent. Mm-hmm. The Giants have no business. No business being six and one or no business being in the playoffs. And yet each week they come ready to play. They come ready to compete. And I cannot in good faith say that about the San Francisco 49ers. No, because they don't. There hasn't been a week outside of that Seattle week, maybe which was week two and a, and a, and a weird game where Trey Lance went out early and, you know, lost for the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Maybe the Rams, maybe the Rams game. You could say the Rams game, probably. It's mm-hmm. probably the one game this season that this team has come out and been ready to play and put it on another team. Yep. One game. We're in week seven. <laughs> and even the Rams game, the Rams had the ball driving at the end of the game down one score. True. And then Hufunga makes the interception. They let the Rams hang around. 
Yeah. They tried to let the Panthers hang around till Mosley had, you know, the defense has kind of made plays to, you know, separate them other than the Seattle game, which was the one game they kind of played the whole way. But look, when you lose to the bears, I know Atlanta is a scrappy team, but the talent level between Atlanta and San Francisco is, it's not close. It's yeah. It's not it's close. A, Even with the injuries the on defense, Canyon. it's, it's there's still probably better than the Falcons on paper. Yeah. So when you're doing that, you are underachieving. And that's all they're doing right now. And Brian, year six, okay? The first half of the season with Kyle Shanahan, 0 and 8, 1 and 7, 8 and 0, 4 and 4, 3 and 5, 3 and 4. And we'll see what happens next week. They have started even remotely quickly one season. Other than that, they have put themselves in a hole every single year every year we'll see how this season finishes out because if you if, if you don't make the playoffs with this roster to me that's a fireball offense and i don't want to hear anything because you have jimmy grapple is a starting nfl quarterback it's you're not going into the season when if this was nate sudfeld i'd be like what are, what are we gonna do what are you gonna do it's not you insulated yourself with you still had grapple in case in case lance got hurt you don't have the excuse of of developing Lance anymore. You have a guy that you've won with in the past. If you can't do it with all he's got to do is throw screen passes to people for Christ's sake. Look at the guys that are on this team. You know what I mean? Like it's not that it's not that hard. They find ways every week to make it either harder on themselves or to just completely shoot themselves in the foot. I'm sorry that falls back on the coaching staff. I'm sorry. Well, and here's what arguably inadvertently possibly I said this in a, well in my uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, trade reaction, a uh, little twenty minute emergency pod. Kyle Shanahan has left himself with no excuses with this Christian McCaffrey trade. Mm-hmm. Great point. Great He's point. left himself with no excuses. He has made it arguably harder on himself now, and I with with. This trade felt different than the Emmanuel Sanders trade in that the Emmanuel Sanders trade was made when the, when the team was seven and zero, and was in the driver's seat for uh, the number one seed in the NFC and knew that they were like one playmaker or one wide receiver away from being an even more potent offense. They trade for Emmanuel Sanders. Great trade. We know what happened in 2019. This felt very much like a move made out of desperation. And that desperation wasn't, we got we to gotta win the Super Bowl now. It was, my offense, I don't know how to fix it. I have no idea. This guy is available. He's pretty awesome. He he would obviously help. Let's go get him. Oh, what's it going to take? Our second and our third and our fourth round pick uh, next season, right? Which without comp picks, without comp picks, right? Which, I mean, you can count them, but comp picks, third round comp picks are glorified fourth round picks, right? Because mm-hmm. they come at the end of the third round. You just punted on the 2023 draft. Now, do I care? I honestly, I don't. I Christian McCaffrey is a great talent, and what kind of what kind of impact would 
a second, third, and fourth rounder have on uh, on a team with this kind of roster talent next season, and the, and the way that Kyle Shanahan treats rookies, right? Right. Uh, for the most part, I, I don't know that they would have had the same kind of impact. They wouldn't have had the same kind of impact as Christian McCaffrey. Let's be perfectly honest. So in that regard, I don't care. I don't care that that's what they traded. But what I do care about is is a coach who is willing to make that trade because his offense is broken and he might not know how to fix it. If you are listening to this, do yourself a favor and listen to the uh, the athletic football show with Robert Mays and Nate Tice. Their episode that came out last Friday, which was a, a week seven preview, in the first, I think, 20 minutes, they talk about essentially why offense is down this season. And they talk about how defenses and defensive coordinators have started to uh, catch up to offenses. And specifically, they talk about what defenses are doing now to defend the what they term the Kyle Shanahan style offenses. Where is Kyle Shanahan going to adapt now that defenses? Because here's the thing: his offenses run so predominantly in the NFL now that defensive coordinators have to they have to know how to defend it. Right. There's too many teams that run it. So they 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 had to figure out a way to stop it, and they have, right? Look at Matt LaFleur's offense in Green Bay. Look at Kyle Shanahan's offense. Look at look at Sean McVay's offense right like the these guys that were the geniuses of this offense their offenses suck out loud right now all three of them do what are they gonna do to adapt that's why Kyle Shanahan makes the kind of money that he does Mm -hmm. you better show us something Kyle because you're on notice right now you really yeah and then the next 10 games are going to show us a lot about Kyle and where the 49ers are going to be moving forward. Cause again, if they don't make the playoffs, they don't have draft picks next year. My, I mean, my God, what a disaster that would be. So the next 10 games, this is put up or shut up time for Shanahan and we're going to see, we're going to see what happens. So, and we'll be there. We're going to, you know, we've got a huge Rams game. I, I think it's a gigantic game for both teams. We'll be back to talk about it later in the week. Cause I'll tell you what, man, Niners was that game. <laughs> I know they were three and five last year, but it's this ain't last year. So it's not. We'll see. But yeah, we're we're gonna break that game down. We'll be back. Uh Zane will hopefully be back from that show too. So for Brian, guys, this is Al. Later.